You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome, everybody, to the show. Welcome, Sid Talk. Dankeschön. How are you? Mm, good. Okay. What's the word for good in German? I was just being German for a second. Yeah, we're not having it before the after the show bueno. discussion. Is bueno good for German? No, okay. Spanish. Go ahead, say again. We're not having a before the after the show discussion. I am going to discuss the Oscars. You didn't watch it, I did. So I'm going to discuss them for a second. Oh my, so that's you, like, you just hijacked that whole section of the show. So you can stay out of the conversation. That's fine, I'm playing City Skylines. All right. Um, oh, and what's that called? Solitaire at the same time. The Oscars ceremony was not watched by a ton of people, said Talk. Only <laughs> 9 million viewers. And there I thought I would just be the minus one. Well, it was 9 million down from... You like, mean it was 9 million total? 9 million total down from like... It used to be like a billion. 100 million or something. Oh, was it? Maybe not a billion. Yeah. Anyway. You, are you interested in why I didn't want to watch it? Well, I don't care about why okay. you didn't want to watch it. But I watched it <laughs> and it was very boring, I have to say. And why I found it boring was, one of my favorite parts of the Oscars is where they show the clips of the movies, and then I can reminisce about the movies, or look at the movies that I haven't seen and go, wow, that one looks really cool. Hmm. Yeah, well, they didn't show any clips. They decided to do away with them and let the people talk longer. So I found it really boring because I was waiting. And for yet that's the thing we're always complaining about, too, is like, let the people talk. But I guess you can't you have to have like a delicate balance. Yeah, there's a balance. I'm a fan of watching the Oscars and this was too much for me. Yeah, they don't understand. You love it. And me not wanting to do it. I said I felt like I was cheating on you by saying I have some bad news for you. I don't want to watch the Academy Awards this year. Felt like I was doing something dirty and terrible. Because we've always, I mean, I always watched it anyway before I ever met you as a ritual. And I just had zero interest. I don't know why. I just was not interested anymore. And that's kind of sad. I felt like a little bit of mourning happened when I was totally accepted that. Well, Sid Talk, you're part of the problem. Okay. You've ruined the Oscars experience for everybody. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, not just you? No, not me. I watched it still. Okay. Anyway, I want to say um, congratulations to Nomadland for Best Picture. That is a 10 out of 10 movie, according to Sid Talk. Mm-hmm. Also, director Chloe Zhou, who directed Nomadland, congratulations to her. She is the first female director to get the Oscar for Best Director and no. Best Picture at the same time. At the same time, okay. Yeah. yeah. Best Actress goes to Frances McDormand. Again, that movie really swept. Do you, do you feel that is a Best Movie? Uh, best picture, best movie. This is one of the reasons why I don't care. Because I don't really, other than me giving them a score every week, I just, I have lost 100% the urge to compare them all to each other. Because I think it's, it's a, obviously, it's art. It's very biased, right? It's subjective and all that. And I just want to watch movies and enjoy them. Individually say, this is my score or what I think of it. But I just, I don't have it in me anymore to compare the people. All right, it's Saturday, May the 1st, <laughs> after the show number 682. Wait a minute, was that your entire impression of the Oscars? Yes. Boring, you're glad Nomadland won, won and that's yeah. it. And the um, In Memoriam thing was really rushed, I didn't like that part. Oh, they always do that. Saturday, May the 1st, this is after the show 682, we are a movie review podcast, and the movie we're looking at this week is Our Friend. 
It's actually a 2019 movie, but is released now in 2021. So you can actually pick this up, weirdly, again, on DVD in the stores only. There's also no digital copy in the DVD, which is really, really odd. But you can also stream it on streaming services, and I think you can rent it for $5.99. So you can see this now. It's uh, rated R, and our friends at Universal sent us a copy for review. And said, Tart, give us the synopsis of Our Friend. It's really sad. Is that the synopsis? I mean, it's really sad. It is a, it's a family-slash-friend cancer story. All right, I'll give you the real synopsis. Okay. I mean, it's just sad. The synopsis on the back of the box says, After receiving life-altering news, a couple finds unexpected support from their best friend who puts his own life on hold and moves into their family home, bringing an impact much greater and more profound than anyone could have imagined. Okay, now I like the people who made this movie. I think it seems it's like a really nice and pretty down-to-earth, gut-wrenchingly real... True story. Okay. However, that's not accurate. As we get into it and we discuss it, the friend had no... Spoilers! It's a running theme in the movie that he works at a job that people think adults shouldn't work at. He lives in his parents' basement. He also doesn't feel great about these things. It's not like he's living his best life, right? He is literally just sort of existing. So to say that he put his life on hold, I don't know. I mean, maybe in the real life situation, that's how it worked out, but... All right, let's get into the movie. It's a true story based on an article that the husband who went through this scenario wrote for a newspaper. He's a newspaper writer, so it's his article. And it's about his friend and his wife, but it's called My Friend, the actual article. This is a true story. People probably know about it. I mean, it's not, it's not out of the ordinary. I was thinking that after it had ended. There must be a million stories like this, right? Absolutely. Of people going through cancer. Absolutely. I mean, I have one. You have one. Yep. You have a friend who had it. Yep, I um, my grandfather, I mean, my grandfather, my father. And it's not extraordinary, the story. It's more of a slice of life, just, you know, living through a thing with these people. What I think some people will think is extraordinary, if they think that about this friend, it's because they're not willing to do that. Yeah. And I think that I would drop everything to do that and man and find a way. Jason Seagal's girlfriend in it. She's kind of irritated irritated that he's gone off to look after them. And she's saying to him, like, they have people, you know, she has family. Why? Are you? Like, she can't get it. Like, she's like, why aren't you with me? Why are you with them? I thought at some point it would be him having a sort of like unmentionable realization that his friend getting cancer was for him. And I'm not saying this to be rude or anything, but it was almost like a good thing. Because it gives him a purpose, it gives him a place, the people love him, the daughters love him, the friend needs him, he f- he's he's good at it, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah. it fills in a gap in his life that what that he needed to fill I, in. So kept, I'm not saying he wanted his friend to get cancer, but I was thinking, is there going to come a time when he's like, I can't let this go or something like that, you know? Well, I kept having the feeling, I was totally wrong, but I kept having the feeling that the friend was going to have an affair with the woman. Mm. And I thought that that was what this was about. Like, I kept waiting for it to happen. Oh, I didn't think that. At I all. thought he was in love with her and she's got cancer and then he goes there and then 
they fall for each other. I thought that that was going to happen. Well, Don't know why. That's terrible. I think it's because of the cover. The cover does make it look yeah. a bit intimate, yes. Yeah, I think that might have been what... And I was like, well, when's that going to happen? <laughs> that's not what happens. <laughs> it's, it's my cynical, horrible brain, I guess. Yeah, but that's the, horrible. But the cover does kind of make it out that way. It, it's like the third wheel, the cover. Yeah, for sure. You know? It looks like a romantic thing with another guy. All stories are extraordinary, I think, but... There's nothing, like, crazy in this movie where you'd go, oh my god, that's what happened? It's just really, like, what you expect is going to happen, right? Um, Spoilers. I think, yes, except, like I said, people will be like, oh god, you know, he's such a good friend for doing this. Like, I could I could never do that. Sort. That's what makes it feel, I think, to some people more dramatic than it is. Yeah. When I've seen it in my real life, people and family who... Put things on hold for the cancer person. And I mean that respectfully because I've had them too. But because if it's the end of someone's entire life and you don't have the fucking time to just like go spend an afternoon or a, a week to do the laundry, if you can't cope with it, that's one thing, I suppose. But if you just think, oh, I just could never do that. Yeah, you probably could. And if you can't, I'm judging you. Is that mm. terrible? Am I terrible? I'm and terrible. there is a moment where... The friend makes a, he's sat, he's sat in the hospital next to his friend waiting. And he, he, you can see him. He's like, do you want me to, he like looks at him and says, do you want me, do you want help? Yeah. There's a moment where he's like, listen, listen, I'm just going to stop what I'm doing. And I'm doing this because this is my friend and that's my friend who's dying. And this is my friend, even though he wasn't mega friends with the husband. Well, that's the thing. It's the, a bit jumbled the, at the beginning. Unfortunately, yeah, the yeah. writing is a little bit unclear. It's one of those situations, and I might mention it again. It was an article, right? And so the people who've read the article and any other um, existing material that the story's based on, they have filled in the people who are writing this script and the director and everybody. They've read all the information and when they've, you know, they churned it all and put it through the meat grinder of making a movie and on the other end, they're filling in a lot of stuff because they know it, but they're not filling it in with the writing end of it for the movie. And so at some point somebody mentions these two were inseparable in college and I was like, hold on, we flashed back to a time when that guy had a bad wig on and a grunge t-shirt. They look like they were supposed to be younger. There was no mention of them being friends at all. But if the article and everything else had a big chunk of it about the two men being super good friends, we yeah. did, we it was not translated very well. I mean, there's, there's a scene at the beginning where we learn that the friend, who's not the friend yet, had hit on his wife at some point. Well, his friends see this is a deal. The the friend, our friend, he's friends with the woman. Yep. Right. First. But not the husband. And then the husband doesn't want to be friends with him because he doesn't really like him because he asked the wife out on a date not knowing she was married. So that tells me, like, first of all, these two must have got married when they were really young. I don't know. It was a little confusing. But I thought she was friends with the dude and then the husband just sort of became friends with him. Right. But and then it's hinted at different ways throughout. I mean, we see a moment where they she says... To him, like, we're going out tonight and you have to be friends with this. Why, why don't you be friends with yeah, this exactly. guy? Yeah, exactly. And he's like, I don't want to. He hit on you. And he's like, she's like, be nice. And then he has a bit of a conversation with him that it's awkward but funny. And but, then, but then they're friends forever. Then and they're friends forever. Yeah. yeah, that's the part where I was like. But we really. don't get a lot of their friendship except that the friend does come visit a lot. Because if we think about the time span, it's like a 10-year 
There's a bit of time jumping in this. We're going back and forth. A lot of time jumping. Flashbacks and present and all that kind of stuff. So the friend seems to be around, even though he lives in New Orleans and they live somewhere else. Throughout the years, he comes there. He makes the effort. It's 450 mile drive because they tell us that at one point or show us the sign, right? So we see him coming around a lot through the years, but yeah. not a lot of like just the most intimate sort of difficult times when the men show their friendship. Right. They make it clear at the beginning that the husband doesn't really have friends. Yeah. Like, it shows you him at work, and, like, they're just dickhead dudes who are taking the piss, right? And he's a bit of a serious... Yeah. yeah he's a bit of a piece of work, too. Yeah. It shows you that he's not, like, friendly with blokes anyway, <laughs> It doesn't generally. seem like it, no. <laughs> so this guy is, like, an, an anomaly to have a friend who's a man around. But yeah, it is a bit jumbled at the beginning. And then I was like, okay, now they're best friends. But then people keep saying they've been best friends forever. But then I don't feel like they were best friends forever. Yeah, it was a bit confusing on that front. I was very touched by this movie. Oh, me too. I cried almost the whole time. So I, I could tell you I was crying. <laughs> Why? Because I was sucking yeah, snot. Sniffing, and sniffing and stuff. <laughs> oh, sniffling is the nice way of saying sucking snot. I know. Yeah. <laughs> the British way. <laughs> oh, don't even start that. Hawking a, a beluga is what you guys say. Right? <laughs> I was not hawking a beluga. I was sniffling. Yeah. I mean, it was sad. It was very sad. It was... And it, it touches home. Sadly, your mother passed away of breast cancer many years ago in the 70s. My father died after having cancer for some time. A friend of mine that's my age just died a few months ago of cancer that he'd had for a while. I mean, it's, you the know. Part, the part you're... I felt really touching, though. Was oh, the, the hospice lady. Oh, my God. She just really got to me. Oh, the part that got me was any time the mother just wanted the two kids to lie in bed with her. Yeah. And she just wanted to hold them, like, really close. Because I kind of remember that myself. Aw. You know? Yeah. It's not as tough for kids, I don't think, because they don't fully understand everything. These kids might. They were older than me. But when I was young and my mother was dying, it was... I didn't know. And also, like I said, it was but the 70s. There was a very different thing... England also you had a, your grandparents were different they were kind of traditional different type right? right you know what I'm saying so it wasn't as open it was I would think way more difficult back then yeah I felt it from the mother's side like because the mother knows she know I'm I won't be here next year yeah and here are my kids and what can I do you know like it's I've just got to love them or, or you know hug them or whatever right now like before it's over the other part that got me was when the father went to the school to pick up his daughter and the daughter, you remember what the daughter yep. said to him? He was like, I know you're upset because your mother's sick. And she said, no, I'm upset because I'm going to be stuck with just you. Yeah, that was pretty and then, harsh. Yeah, that was harsh. But I like the honesty in this movie, even though we're, we're hinted at that there's some deception, a little bit of this unfortunate trouble at yeah, infidelity <laughs> happening and whatnot. But a lot of the conversations are pretty straightforward. I liked that. Yeah. So this movie lives and dies by the cast, and the cast is what makes it great, I think. Jason Segel, like Steven Segel's son, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who it is. Of course he's not Steven Segel's son. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. Jason, you know, the friend, Jason Segel. I comedian. don't remember, I don't know his name. You don't know his name? You've I... seen him in so many things. How does that equate to me needing to know his actual name? Anyway, the, he plays the friend <laughs> Dane. How did you like him? I thought he was really good, and I'm not usually a big, huge fan of the guy, and I thought he was really good. Because he wasn't playing this like a comedy. No. Like, I mean, he was he was dry and funny. Like, he was funny as a friend if he needed to be. 
But I think he was, he mostly was broken hearted the entire time. Broken hearted is the perfect word. Broken hearted because he's already broken hearted, I think. He's, yeah, he's already, like his life is kind of messy. He's got a friend who is dying and a friend, another friend who is married to the person dying. And it's all, and he is also grieving all the time, right? Absolutely. So I just felt all that because he was just, he didn't know what to do with himself, did he? He was like, I'm in it trying to help them. But then when it, when it's kind of over, you you wonder like, what's going to happen to him now? now? (laughs) He's the friend. He should just stick around and raise these children. It was a very good dramatic turn from him because I normally he's normally playing a bit of a goof and this was not or a the goof. straight man in the goof situation you know yeah no it was it was good uh, Casey Affleck plays Matt Teague you who's always the husband. like Casey I th- I think he's an excellent actor and I, I know a lot some people say well he's kind of one note he does uh, kind of I said he likes sad movies gee many yes. Christmas. <laughs> I mean, it is it is a very similar as the Manchester in the Sea. Kind of, it's a very similar kind of I don't of feel guy. like it's that deep. No, but I mean, the guy who's playing, it's kind of that kind of guy. He's kind of a bit introverted and... Uh, full of himself a little bit. Full, not cocky, but full of himself as in what I'm doing is very important right. and what everyone else is doing isn't because <laughs> he insults his friend basically for... Living in the basement, working at a sporting goods store, you know, yeah, you've got real goals. You've I love that conversation too. It, it was, was really, again, one of those honest, but like really teeth kicking conversations. His friend says he's going to go and work abroad during some this particular period of time. And his friend can see that the wife is not really happy about that. So he just says to him, <laughs> I think it'd be all right. I think it'd be better if you just like put that to one side and just stayed with your wife and kids and for a bit. And Even like, I was uncomfortable with that, and, and I miss honesty. And he's like, oh, Mr. Yeah. Like works in a sporting goods <laughs> store giving me advice. Yeah, I yeah. really take that advice. <laughs> and that whole conversation ended with what? Like, fuck you. <laughs> he just walked. He just, they weren't <laughs> mad at each other, though. He just sort of left. But it was, it was very like, tense, wasn't yeah. it? Like, it was. So, and there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie. I think Casey Affleck did an amazing job, like he did in Manchester in the Sea. I believe the guy, you know, he's stressed. Is like breaking point kind of is yeah. Don't know what to do. This is not. I have no rule book for this. No, <laughs> there's nothing. And he's trying to deal with his girls. Yep. Which is another facet to the whole thing. Him dealing with his two daughters. How do you tell them? And there's that scene where they have oh, to tell gosh. them. Is, yeah. <laughs> Dakota Johnson plays Nicole T. How do you like N- Dakota? She was very very good. I mean, she... I felt the vibe of who that woman might have been. I don't know the real woman, obviously, and we got no extras or anything to kind of get any glimpse at her, but I got the vibe of this because at one point she's on the beach with a bunch of women from like the neighborhood. Obviously, she's already been diagnosed. She's been sick a while, but yet her friend is like she's like the mayor of this town. Like everybody Likes her, and then her best, her actual best friend says to her, you do realize, like, eight of these women think you're their best friend, right? So she's that person who, bigger than life personality, yeah. you know? She's a performer, but she's just, she's loving, and she's not perfect or anything, but you could, I totally got the vibe that this is a person whose absence will be felt. Yeah, I, I think, think she, she did a good job of that. She was also great in Suspiria. Remember that one? Oh, yes. That's a different role. How can you forget Suspiria? <laughs> Suspiria is like, uh, you can't get that out of your mind for a while. No, especially that sequence in the last 10 minutes with her. That is pretty bizarre. It's all very bizarre, yes. 
And the two kids, Isabel Kai and Violet McGraw, I had to put them down too because they were really good. Very good. Because this is a touchy subject for kid actors and... The little giggly one, she's just hilarious. I mean, she didn't have to really But that get was very realistic, right? Yeah. How a kid would act, you know? Like I was saying with me as a kid, you don't know. Yeah. You don't kind of grasp the full, you know, brevity of the whole thing. Is that the right word? But maybe. I mean, I'm just as grown up as you and I don't know what that word means fully. <laughs> brevity means shortening something. Right. So that's not correct. Gravity. Is gravity. Right. It means yeah. something's not that something's heavy. but Yeah. That's heavy, man. This is directed by Gabriella Copperthwaite. She directed Megan Levy, which we both liked, I think. Mm -hmm. It was, if I remember rightly, and you remember more than me. Will I, though? (laughs) It was about a lady in the forces who was a dog trainer, right? Mm -hmm. And I can't remember who it was played by. I can see her face, but I don't know who it is. I can't either, unfortunately. Uh, But I do believe we liked it, Mm -hmm. even though we're both not really animal people. Mm -mm. Yeah, I think it was well directed. This had good cinematography, I, I thought. I really liked it. It was kind of indie movie-ish look to it. Even though it's like a you know a movie with big name actors in it. It had this kind of artistic look. You know, there was a lot of, what do you call it? Lens, not lens flare, but like... A little bit, yeah. You know, kind of glowy. It's kind of like a trendy photography thing. I liked how it looked. Yeah. It looked really uh, nice. So what do you think the people on IMDb think of this movie? Well, you're going to tell me what the one star people think. If there are any. One star people. When we like the movie and someone gives it a one star, then we just look down on them and judge them and laugh at their what the the effort they've made to spread uh, what they think with the world. And if they do, if we don't like the movie, we just revel in how much we agree with them and how smart they are. There is one one star review, Sid Talk, for this movie. Wow. Out of like... 70 odd reviews so the one star review says this movie is really anti-climax they tried to show the story in different way but the thing suit tarantino and the whole movie they show the nicole and then she dies yeah that little review didn't make any sense i mean it's not inaccurate it didn't make any sense just all right (laughs) tarantino bar doesn't because there was only one one out of ten i'll give you the two out of ten review okay this guy says, way too long, completely lost interest. The movie started okay, but then it just went on forever. There is a point when a hospice nurse promises Casey Affleck that it won't be much longer. I find myself really hoping she was right. The oh, movie wow. covers multiple issues without any focus and just meanders forever. Okay, don't disagree with that on one one element of that. It does try to address a lot of different human things, right? The friendship, types of friendships, marriage, parenting, cancer. Also, the the wider circle of quote-unquote friends who do and do not show up and who don't, who can't cope with you getting sick, right? Like the book club and all that. And then there's just the different levels of like the... How do you get, how do you cope when a person's changing? Like, that's very, di- that's very difficult, right? She's changing. So there's a lot of stuff it's trying to, you know, sort of give us a life lesson about. But that's part of what I liked about it. Because life isn't straightforward. You don't live a month of your life and go, well, you know what the lesson is that I learned this month? <laughs> because the one focus of my life in this one month was how to be a better friend. I can't wait till next month when a new whole single lesson comes across my doorstep. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't work like that. So I didn't mind that, but I felt it a little bit. So I don't disagree with it completely. 
So extras, there are zero extras because this only comes on DVD or streaming. So don't expect any extras. But I'm sure you can look up this actual article. There's lots written about it. So uh, going up, it is a true story. And true story, true story. I'm going to give it a score of eight out of ten. Ooh, I think uh, the acting just is I think it's excellent across the board I can't even knock anything anybody in this movie did a very good job that's true um, I'm gonna give it like a 7-7 seven, seven. I mean it's really good 77 7.7 7. it's um, really good this is, this is not ice skating it's very straightforward um, it's emotional it made me cry it kicked it but the missing elements of that telling me the story of their friendship and sort of like the piecing that together, the men's friendship and all that, it was a little bit cloudy. So I'd like for the story to have been told a little bit better. Definitely the first like 20 minutes needs to be a bit clearer, I think. Yeah. I think it was fine after that. And as much as I like weird timey-wimey stuff, you know, going up and back, it wasn't done crystal clear-wise. It doesn't help when you're trying to go back 10 years and you've got an actor who can't look 10 years younger. Unless you do... No matter what wig you put on. Yeah. I mean, you need to do, like, Marvel de-aging, but this kind of movie's not going to do that, so... (laughs) Yeah, you had to pretty much use your imagination with this one. Yeah. I was like, wow. So sadly, that was... Because that distracted me a bit. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, did I, have I missed something? Uh, what, which year is this exactly? Like, they just said two scenes ago, this is two years before diagnosis. But right before that, it said ten years before diagnosis. And then I'm like, are we back to the, to the uh, now? So, uh, and I uh, hate it when people say that's confusing to them, but now I'm one of them. The movie business seems to think that a Ramones t-shirt and a really bad wig equals ten years younger. Yeah, exactly. But they do that a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, he was into like the Ramones or some punk band at that point, so he can't be mature, you know? <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, you just have to use your imagination, and that is that. Um, movie recommendations this week? I'm going with Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which was the first mm-hmm. movie I ever saw with Jason Segal and or Siegel, whatever it is, I don't know. Do you remember that one? Yes. It was very good. I mean, it was of its time. There was a lot of movies like that of its time, right? Judd Apatow um, yeah. movies. But uh, I don't know how well it has aged, but I, re- I remember really enjoying it. And my other one is the feel-good movie of the, that year, Manchester by the Sea. Oh, my God. Don't even joke about that movie. That <laughs> <laughs> way I can feel my gut tighten up. I, I still think that's Casey Affleck's best performance, that one, Manchester by the Sea. To- it's... It's, it's it's very raw. It's a lot. And yeah. it, you're not, there is no reprieve. It's like Magnolia. Mm-hmm. There is no, there's not one minute where you're just like, whoo. Because <laughs> you read about this particular movie, that the, some of the time travel thing, time travel, but, you know, flashbacks and whatnot, were to relieve some of the tension. But it didn't, because it's just telling us more about them. There's no, like, levity, really. There's a little bit of sweetness Right, and the there's a montage of like a bucket list, kind of yes, but it doesn't like let go of you because you know you already know, right? The whole of it, Magnolia, it just kicks your emotional ass all the way. There's there's humor, but it's the kind of humor where you're super uncomfortable, 
you know? Yeah. And Manchester by the sea, there's none of, it's all terrible, sad, not terrible. It's there are some, high quality, but. To oh be fair, God. though, there are, there are a couple of funny moments <laughs> yeah, in there. Yeah, but that's humorous because it's so uncomfortable and yeah. awkward when he says, can you leave me alone now? And the uncle's like, he's like, no. no. <laughs> now, that doesn't sound funny, but in that situation, because he's so, doesn't he, again, he doesn't know what to do, this guy. And so, yeah, he doesn't play, and even Ghost, I mean, is that the name of it? Ghost uh, no, Story. Ghost, Ghost story. story. Yeah, I mean, he, there's not much. I like that movie too. <laughs> he doesn't do a lot of talking, but still, very no. serious, you know? Yeah. He's a serious guy. All right. Well, your recommendations. My recommendations are going back to the 80s, as I have proclaimed every week since the start of this 2021. And I am in the year 1981. This is just me going through a list of movies I have seen that I have recorded on some some level. Sometimes I don't believe you've seen them. Well, I, it's not that I haven't seen them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't always remember everything. So, And I know I've seen them. These I know I've seen. Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. I've seen it. That is an exceptionally good movie. <laughs> and History of the World Part 1. That's a Mel Brooks movie. Correct. Yeah, that's good too. Yes. So those are two movies from 1981. If you want a little levity and a little bit of adventureness, I can't account for anything that may or may not seem appropriate to you. It's they're 30 years old or 30 some years old. Four, oh my God. Is that 40 years? Oh! <gasps> That's 40 years ago. That's a lot of years. You know why I'm gasping? Because I was like a freaking... Oh, like girl. a dinosaur. I feel so old. <laughs> I feel so old. I mean, I'm 53. It's not like old, but... It's pretty old. Saying that some movies that I saw when they came out are from 40 freaking years ago. Oh, my word. Oh, I need a bottle of wine. <laughs> All right, so Ace Scully stuff this week. I've been playing a brand new PlayStation 5 title called Returnal. Did you see this game, Sid Talk? I did. What do you think of the game Returnal? It's very nice to look at. Yeah? I'm interested-ish in the story, but because of the nature of it, watching this one, like people may not know, I like to watch you play some of these big epic Story-based 30, 40-hour games. games or whatever, you know? And I've watched several, you know? Uh, Last of Us and The Walking Dead games and stuff like that. Last of Us 2. Last of Us 2. Um, and I enjoy that. It's just that this one, because the nature of it is... Do you want me to tell them or you want to tell them? No, you tell them. It's Okay. Fun. It is this, that you, you're a astronaut, you crash, you wake up, and then you just sort of take off into this world and there are monster creatures, aliens, whatever. Well, they're probably not alien because they're on their own planet. But you know what I'm saying? Monster creatures. You're the alien. They're to, the... Yeah. Yeah. As far as you know. But you're, <laughs> they're there to kill and then there's stuff to pick up and there's like doors to go through and shit to figure out and blah, blah, blah. What happens though when you die, when your health is depleted 100% and then you die, you go back, you crash again, you wake up again. You just start over. It's like you, Groundhog Day. You have the same weapon. You have the same, you know, uh, whatever stats that you started with. But some of that stuff sticks around, right? From what I understand. Yes. From one level to that, you're learning where the next time you wake up, the sets and stuff might be a bit different looking. Yeah. But you can still find, like, you accumulate knowledge and information and weapons and health and all that kind of stuff along the way. But it's, it's not like a linear story. 
No. So it's, it's not as loop. fun it's to watch. Loop. Right. Now, if it was different enough every time, that might be interesting for me to watch. But I can watch it, you know, for a little while and then I'm like, okay, I get it. Every time you die, which you don't die very often, to be fair. You're pretty good at games. But whenever you do die, I'm like, okay. So I mean, to be fair, that I have same lame, You're going to have that gun and you're going to have one. You're not going to know where that is. And that thing's going to be different. And oh, God, can we just get some more story here? But, you know, that's just me. And there is a, a story that's unfolding and we work seeing bits and pieces of it i haven't really got very far even though i've played what five hours i think it said Hmm. i haven't actually got to the first boss area like i'm still kind of figuring it out it's the first playstation 5 exclusive game this isn't available on the older consoles it's built for the playstation 5 and it is a graphical it looks awesome audio kind of showcase it's pleasurable to look at yeah it's it's 60 frames a second. It's really smooth. It's like um, the actual gameplay is like they call it bullet hell because the enemies fire lots of colorful bullets at you and you have to kind of either jump over them or dodge to the side, you know, quickly. It's got that kind of arcade feel in that way. And the actual exploration part of it is you going from chamber to chamber, basically. And you're unlocking new items. and So what you're saying is it's for old people like you who played video games 40 years ago. It is. It's like, <laughs> it's like the... A very fancy platformer. Yeah, like the flashiest version of something like Metroid from the... Or, <laughs> or even Zelda from the past, like where it's... You're exploring, you're doing some action in these rooms, and then you're going to the next room, and then you're opening a chest... It's that, but it's like very fancy. Like it's the fanciest version of that. You're going to die. Like that's the design of the game. You're not supposed to just be the best. It's about learning and then you'll die and then you'll learn a little bit more and then you'll get a little bit better. And then the room that used to be very difficult for you won't be as difficult because you understand the lay of the land and how to deal with the enemies. And eventually you'll get through it. But it's all about perseverance. And my friend Jamin, who he would have loved it, wouldn't he? It would, yes. It would have been his game. So there's a sad friend who passed away story. And he's a video... Yeah. And, again, he passed away. He's my friend, plays video games. He's on my PlayStation list. So when I bring my friend's list up, there he is. Does that make you super sad or does it make you smile? I, it makes me smile and think, <laughs> he would love this game. And also... I don't want to take him off my list. He's my no, friend. I don't. Uh, this is a, this is a completely side note here, <laughs> but uh, I don't remove people who have died from any of my things. I don't take no. them out of my phone or off my Facebook list. I mean, my father's still on my Facebook list, so whenever you start to type his name, it pops up because his account is still there. It's been four years. I'm like, whatever. If Facebook wants to keep him alive and well, then every time I mention him, whoever was friends with him on Facebook because we don't have access to his account, then they'll see whatever picture I post or whatever. So I don't really remove people. And I don't know if that sounds like you're hoarding dead people. I don't know. Does that sound terrible? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the uh, the weirdest, weirdest thing was my friend is on my PlayStation list and he, he has been since he died, which is what? How long ago? Like It's been like four years too, I think. Yeah. Well, one day I'm playing and he pops online. Jamming is online. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. It was very weird. What happened is the PlayStation 4 that he played on all the time got handed down to his nephew eventually. Right. 
and then his ne- now his nephew plays without his own account though his nephew plays as him right sure so, so uh, that's all that is but it was very weird the one day when that happened i was like what is happening is this a new phenomenon that's being created is how we kind of you're always going to be reminded of people because of technology you know if you had them in your phone or you had yeah. them on a list or you you know anything to do with like on your email list so as soon as you start to type somebody else's address their name's gonna pop up you'll always have the emails they sent you you know what i mean whereas back in in the the day you had to be rummaging through a drawer and find a letter from them or something exactly or have the newspaper that had their obituary in it or something so i don't i don't mind it does that sound super morbid and weird yeah when his name popped up i thought returnal (laughs) get it he would have liked it he would have liked it but (laughs) don't joke about oh goodness all right so that's a scully stuff what is for dinner Oh, well, we have decided collectively as a couple uh, to go with Jimmy John's. Yeah, because we ju- the Jersey one, the Jersey <laughs> place, is closed for refurb. What kind of shit is that? How <laughs> inconvenient. Inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, like, I'm so lazy, I can't get my ass in the car. Inconvenient and go get ass. The, or make something. Goodness forbid, I would cook again. <laughs> Although yeah. last night, what did I cook? It was pretty good and i've got some good dishes to cook for this week you do we're not sponsored so if we talk about HelloFresh, don't think we're sponsored we really wish we were because they're awesome and we have got some nice dishes too yeah and i will talk more about returnal next week when i actually delve into it we're all looking forward to that (laughs) so what is your advice we're all looking forward to this too (laughs) are you trying to match my sarcasm i'm snacking along with you (laughs) Well, one of us has learned well from the other. I'm not sure which over the years, but uh, I think I'm kind of the queen of the snark. So good work. Good work. Well, if you're the queen, I'm the king. <laughs> Are you, though? Is that how it works? Because as we just learned, the prince passed and he was married to the queen. So he's not the king. Oh, that's true. So I'm we're going to make prince, you the prince. <laughs> Thank the you. The prince of snark. My advice isn't advice this time. It's just a question. Because I say these things, it's not actually advice because I don't know you people and I don't know what what you're seeking in your life, right? But what is the criteria that someone fulfills in order for you to actually either seek or take intentionally or or accidentally absorb and use their advice? Like, is the criteria that it's someone that you've known your whole life and that's why you trust them regardless of the topic? Or is it people who tell you what you want to hear? Like... Oh, I don't know if I want to go to college or not. In your heart, you don't want to go to college. And the person giving you advice says, oh, you shouldn't go if you don't want to. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that's the person I trust, right? Because they're going to tell me what I want to hear. Or do you like the person who never tells you what you want to hear, but they examine what you're talking about and whether or not they agree with what they're even, you know, it doesn't go along with their own deal, but they'll just lay it out for you straight up. To give you all the options, you know, do you seek advice from people who are like experienced in that very specific thing? Like when you have marriage troubles, do you ask someone who has a great marriage? If you have money problems, do you ask somebody who's super financially stable? I mean, I don't know. I feel like I don't take advice very well. True. (laughs) I absorb things from what I observe in people because I feel like when someone intentionally gives you advice as I do. Um, it's always biased. It's always leaned one direction. Like whatever I'm saying is because it's coming through the filter of me, right? The 
53 years and however many months and weeks and days and seconds of life and the millions of choices I've ever made or experiences I have come across, you know, every split second of that entire life is the filter I'm speaking to you through. And so that's from one single point of view. So when I listen to anyone else, I think that also. Like, if you give me advice, I'm like, okay, well, that's how he sees it. And that I want something from over there. And the same topic, but from a person from a completely different angle. From, you know, to give me some, so I can put together what sounds like better advice. But I just, you know, I'm just curious. Well said, so that's good advice. Thank you. It's not advice. And I'm never going to know because I don't respond to anyone. So just think about it. <laughs> All right. Our website is ascully.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The podcast is on anchor.fm slash after the show or anywhere that podcasts are available. iTunes, Spotify, all of those places. You can catch me at my email address, ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She hates you. I don't hate anybody. And stay classy, Mr. Casey Affleck. What a we nice... don't know that he's 100% classy. In we actually all of don't life. because we have. I mean, there was, a, yes, but then it, so we can't say that. But as far as performing in movies, I'm on board with that. Yes. And I'm gonna say, think for yourself, because if you're not doing it, someone is doing it for you. <laughs> <laughs>